Hi, this is Matt Stagliano, and thanks for being part of the Artist Forge. We're a community of creatives who help each other think like an artist by discussing creativity as a process instead of a skill or a talent. We believe everyone has what it takes to create something amazing, we just need some encouragement and inspiration along the way. What you're about to hear is a live recording of one of our daily discussions on the Clubhouse app. If you like what you hear, I encourage you to join our private Facebook group or visit us on the web at theartistforge.com. Now on to the show. It's time to say good morning and welcome to Morning Walk and Photo Talk with the Artist Forge. So glad to have everybody with us today. Really excited to get started, particularly because the last few days we've talked about conflict management and how we deal with confrontation. And we talked a lot about the things that we would need to personally do um, as far as keeping in mind our own biases, giving ourselves time to respond, setting an intention for the conflict, finding some common ground, making sure that the other person, particularly if it's client related, understands that we are on their side, that we want to solve this problem together, and uh, just really looking at what we can do to make a conflict or a confrontation not so painful and have an outcome that is desirable. But what we didn't talk about are some of the things we can do as business people beforehand to set the stage so that we don't have so many conflicts with our clients later on. And of course, we want to make the customer journey as enjoyable and painless as possible. And if we can build our businesses and set up our, our kind of workflow in such a way that by the end of the experience, customers are nothing but happy, then that is a win for us. So today we are going to be focusing on the things that we can do beforehand to build a good foundation so that we can avoid those confrontations with our customers. And there are, I think, three main things that we'll be chatting about today. One is building our business in such a way that the customer journey is easy, that it flows for them, that there's no confusion from step to step. Um, number two is managing expectations. Number three is um, client education, which is part of that customer journey. So educating clients and managing expectations. And we'll also add a few more things into those as we go along some things, techniques that we can use as part of customer education and expectation management, like repetition. The more times somebody can hear something, the more times they're going to, well, not the more times, they only need to remember it once, rememberizing. Anyway, you get the point. I was trying to avoid the leaves and I broke my concentration. Um, yeah, so the easier it will be, for them to remember so that hopefully by the end they know what to expect they know why everything costs what it does they know what the whole process is going to look like and there's less room for misunderstandings so first i would love to hear from the mods today what are some things that y'all do to create an environment where conflict is less likely with your customers. 
May and I go first today? Oh, cat. Oh, sorry, Tom. I'm driving, so I was like, oh, educate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you want to go ahead, Kat? Yeah, let's have Kat go since we're going to lose her early today. Uh, we have, actually have a client right now um, who is on a budget but really wants to invest in imagery with she and her daughters. Uh, and she is throwing up all of the the flags and trying to negotiate and kind of wheel and deal on things. And um, when something like that is not handled with education and service at the forefront, it will absolutely 1000% turn into an issue in the sales room. And what I mean by that is she's like, well, I really want to create some memory books. And what about the stuff that I don't buy? Would it be possible to have, you know, like, screenshots or proof pages of the unedited images so that we can remember the day and my associate called me and she was like is that a thing and I was like it's absolutely not a thing um, we only release purchased imagery uh, and she was like yeah but if it's not edited you know like really is it any skin off our nose and this is coming from my associate and so I was like, okay, so this is a really great opportunity to head that kind of conflict off at the path, especially when the photographer isn't realizing everything that goes into the price point on those images. And so, you know, I hopped on a call with both of them and answered mom's questions and was like, look, you know, our price point is determined not just around taking the photo and retouching the photo, but, you know, she's also coming in and doesn't want to bring her own clothes, wants to use our studio wardrobe and, you know, all the things and wants us to include her makeup for her daughters for without charging her for it. Um, and I said, you know, we're happy to include, you know, a really light makeup for your girls and give you access to the studio. But it also covers the insurance and the liability that we carry and the overhead for the studio and the education and expertise that the photographer has before you even walk in the door um, and the way that you know, we, we generate revenue in the business is for the sale of imagery. So as much as, you know, you might really appreciate having, sorry, there's somebody just parked perpendicular in the middle of the street. Okay, lady. Uh, but it, it's all of these components that go into that value. And if we release those unedited images to you, um, then really what do we have to sell? So we would be happy to set up a payment plan for you and educate her on that as a possibility. Uh, but understand that anything that you love, we want you to buy, of course, and we'll be happy to incentivize that for you. But we're not interested in just giving away imagery um, simply because you can't afford it. And, you know, I didn't say it quite like that, but... Uh, being able to educate the client on the front end is what is allowing us to avoid that. But I really just want it at the sales room um, and help also educate the photographer. Like, it's not just about the retouching you do or don't have to do. I think that's so, so important, Kat. And um, I love, I love that you're letting the client know that they are entering only at a very small part in the cost structure of the business because obviously even just detaining a client you're also talking about marketing and management and all of the things that go into just getting somebody through the door 
this is a long process. How do you and where do you include those education points? So clearly, um, when you're doing the consultation, that's a, a chance for education, right? Are there other specific areas during the customer journey that you make sure these are points for education? Uh, well, in that introductory email, like we talked about, you know, not too long ago, um, there are those next steps that are listed and understanding like, hey, this is our process. This is what that process looks like. Whoa. Sorry. Uh, but having just pieces of education throughout all of the written communication as well as in that consult. And then reviewing sort of like the, the high, high line touch points when they even come in. So they'll go into hair and makeup and I'll bring over product. Oh, by the way, I really wanted you to see this. This is the folio box. Because everybody goes, what's a folio box? I just want pictures. Uh, or this is what our album looks like. And oh, this is a beautiful framed portrait. Uh, la, 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 la. So that there is as many senses as you can touch on. Um, will allow that information to be solidified in their understanding. So, you know, eyesight for that written communication, touch, having them hold hold artwork in their hands um, and hearing it and then asking them to repeat it back to you. Uh, so, you know, you solidify that education throughout because remember the rule, right? Like nobody remembers the words unless they speak them. So as often as you can get them to repeat the information back to you in a conversational way, the less issue you're going to have when it comes time for the sale, because the sale is made everywhere until like the sales room is just choosing what they love and receiving money for that in equal exchange. Okay, awesome. So we have the initial consultation. And then we have kind of continuing reinforcement during the process, even during things like hair and makeup or whatever, where they can get their hands on some of these things. Is there any other period for education that you try to take advantage of? Like any, maybe at the end of the session before they come back later for their sales session, or I mean, just anything else other folks might be able to look at also incorporating into their process. Um, there's definitely like that follow-up email, or you could also do it in a text like, hey, we really had so much fun photographing you today. I'm looking at your images right now, and oh my God, I'm blown away. I can't wait for your sales session. Confirm date. I've attached a copy of our pricing menu for your review, so you don't have to go digging for it. I hate digging for emails. Love that. Oh, people, steal that. It's so, so good and so smart. Yes. Okay. So... First example of things that we can do, which I know, you know, Basama is going to touch on as well, um, to avoid those confrontations later in the process is making sure we begin client education right from the very outset and then reinforce it the whole time so that we are planting those seeds, helping them understand the process, making sure they know what to expect when it comes to, you know, price points, all of that kind of stuff. That way, there really is not much of a basis for later on saying, but I thought, <laughs> because you will have given them so many opportunities for education. So, Basam, I'd love to hear what you have to say this morning, too. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Uh, uh, 
it's it's along the same lines as cat but i just want to get into a couple more details about the, the how i do my uh, uh consultation sessions but before i do that i just want to say it's extremely ironic and it's too bad that i missed the last two days because uh, believe it or not while i missed those days what i was doing was actually giving training and one-on-one -on -one coaching on how to manage conflict and how to de-escalate challenging situations anyway so yeah that was fun. Sounds really like it's blog post time. I, I knew you're. I knew you're gonna say that. Yes, it sounds like it's blog post time, and I can do that. So, uh, yeah, as far as as far as uh, educating my clients, I, I, I want to go back to the uh, consultation session because I mentioned before my my number one goal when I get on the phone with somebody or first email because uh, most of my most of my my. Uh, Clients come lately come from my uh, through my website. They fill in the form, and I send them an email. Uh, I rarely call them, but I send them an email to set up a Zoom call, right? And my goal there is to explain everything, educate them on the process, and I say upfront: the purpose of this meeting is for me to for me to find out more about what you're looking for, and for you to get all the information that you need. I tell them that I. Uh, my number one objective is that they find that working with me is a good fit and that sometime somewhere in the conversation i would say i'm i'm trying i'm providing you all the information you need so that when we move forward when you decide to go through with this all the details are behind us you're comfortable with our process you're comfortable with me you're comfortable with the pricing and then we can focus on you, your session, and and trying and and starting to plan it properly, right? So, uh, so I go through the pricing in relative detail in the in the in the session, and I follow and I go through the process. So I try to kind of uh, uh, explain everywhere where they're involved to show them the time I'm going to be spending with them in terms of preparation, what we do during the session, blah blah blah. You've heard all that before. Uh, but then I follow up with an email that includes the detailed pricing, and depending how conversation went, how you know, like I try to feel out how did they capture my pricing. My biggest fear is that I'm gonna get I'm gonna get into conflict about you know some of the stories we've heard about pricing and 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 what Kat just described. So I I follow up with the email and I kind of write little hints to repeat the fact that the session fee doesn't include any pictures and you. We, we know, and you pay, you don't have to worry about paying until you select the photos you're going to purchase. So I just keep, keep the language in a way. And then if they, and once I send them the, uh, I keep the language in a, in a I, I use repetitive language to reinforce things. And usually, you know, they may, uh, they may answer right away after they look at it. But after two or three days, I follow up and I check that they looked at the information, looked at the pricing and do they have any questions? So, Maybe I overdo it, um, but I have so far never had an argument about pricing or a conflict about pricing after the fact with a client. I've had lots of discussions about how expensive it is and it's not for me during the consultations. So hopefully it'll keep going that way, but you know, chances are, statistically speaking, somebody will be pissed off one day. So I'm not looking forward to that. I'm going to definitely sounds like you really are setting that stage for that long-term understanding. And I love the fact that you mentioned repetition. 
because we really do, we can't just tell people here's where you can find the pricing and then just let it go. We really do have to repeat that several times, particularly those of us who've purposely moved ourselves up to higher price points, because not only are we not only are we outside the realm of their expectations when we do that sometimes, but also, um, you know, something becomes comfortable the more it happens. And so while hearing it on initial meeting might be a little bit of a shocker, the more you repeat it, the less it starts to sound like something to be shocked about. And the more it starts to seem like, oh, well, that's pretty natural. And then if you have cats process where you're continuing to reinforce the quality that somebody's getting and here's these beautiful folios and here's what wall art looks like and we're going to be spending this amount of time with you and look here comes your makeup artist and all of these things when we continue to reinforce that all of a sudden that price point doesn't seem so high anymore because it's being reinforced by the experience that you're having so i love that basam and i'm, I'm really glad to hear that your process so far has been so effective with making sure yeah. that people don't end up with that sticker shock at the end. Yeah, and something I've been doing lately, and I think it's thanks to Sarah. She's down in the crowd. I was talking to Sarah, and 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 I wasn't doing it before, but because we're doing Zoom as in in person, lately I've I've been showing the products on Zoom. So I would have them next next. I would have the albums and a folio box next to me, and I'd lift it up, put it to the camera, and show them what it looks like. Because again, it's hard to describe. I used to tell them. When you come here for your session, we'll go through the products, but that's kind of too late. I need to show them that before. So I, I, I started doing that uh, very recently, actually, in the last three or four weeks. Nice. And have you seen, I mean, I realize it's still early, but have you seen any change in results yet? Well, actually, I've seen a change in results late, lately. I'm not sure if it's because of that or because my, my little Google ad that I optimize has been working much more effectively, and I've, I've got some bookings from that. So Nice. Okay, rad. So, so far, we've had two really great examples of how education helps us manage expectations, right? Those two things together that become so, so important and how repetition also becomes a really great tool to implant that in people's heads so that they know what to expect. Um, Matt, what are some things that you do to build those foundations early on so you can avoid confrontation later with your clients? You know, while I have processes that are very similar to Bassam- Matt might and not be in a place where he can unmute himself unless he's talking to yep. the microphone again. You guessed it. So <laughs> welcome, back. <laughs> welcome back. Here it is at least three or four times a week. Matt's a moron. All right. So, um, you know, my process is very similar to Bassam and cats in terms of our flow and education. I know, however, I am a ticking time bomb of conflict ready to happen. And I only say that because I get into such conversations with people when they're in the studio or we're on uh, our consultation calls and we're talking about the shoot and how everything goes and the feeling that they'll get and why this is important and all the connection pieces, right? That I, that I pride myself on the connection to their story, understanding what it is that they need, how they're going to look really crafting it with them that admittedly, I often drop the ball in doing that repetition of doing the things that always 
you know, they, they make me feel uncomfortable. I still feel uncomfortable talking about price. I still feel uncomfortable talking about money. That's something that I've gotten over and I force myself through it and I have no real problem with it, but it's still uncomfortable for me. Um, that being said, it's an integral part to making sure that everybody's very well educated across the board on what it is you're providing, what your service is, how much it costs, so that there are no objections down the road. Now, every now and again, I get someone that's just like, oh, I forgot about that, or oh, I didn't look at the price list. You're always going to get that, which is why the education upfront is so important. But yeah, I do very similar things um, in terms of what Bassam was saying about showing product. When someone is there in the studio with me, I'm absolutely showing them all of the product. It's displayed everywhere. They can see different versions of it. It's I want it to be subconsciously see, seeping into their brain how it's displayed, how they might see it in their home. Um, I'm handing it to them. I'm letting them look through some of the albums and the folio boxes. That's great. When I'm on Zoom, I fail at that, admittedly. I don't bring the products onto Zoom um, because I forget, quite frankly. Um, when we're talking about pricing, I make it very clear that, you know, what my prices are, where they're going, so that they're, they don't get sticker shock at the end or feel like there was some sort of bait and switch. Um, but what I find with my clients specifically, um, because they're coming to me for less glamour, more natural look, more personal branding, more um, connection, capturing a certain part of them, that I'm not focusing a lot on hair and makeup. I'm not focusing a lot on the luxurious extras that a lot of people succeed very, very well with. It's just not part of my thing. So I find myself educating them on the process of photography, the value that they're getting, why so much time goes into this. I explain lighting. I explain how the camera works. I answer their questions that they have about what it is that I do. That, for me, is the education part that makes them comfortable with the rest of everything that I'm trying to sell them. The sale becomes a natural part of the process at that point. So, you know, a lot of times I find that folks are intimidated by what we do. If I can break it down to them and say, I'm really no different from you. I've just studied this stuff. Then they feel more comfortable that they're in good hands. So it's that customer journey. It's the education. Um, but like I said, admittedly, I fail time to time. You know, questions come up. I'm like, damn, I should have addressed that in the original email or the consultation. Well, here it is. Here's the education. And we never get to the point where it's a big fire. But um, yeah, I'm always tweaking and finding better ways to educate up front so that there are fewer questions down the road. You know, Matt, what you said that I really loved and that I really latched on to as you were explaining your process is how much you focus on connection. And I think that's a really important thing that we should be talking about when we look at avoiding those confrontations or those conflicts later on down the road during the customer journey, because being able to create that connection with somebody so that you see them as a person, they see you as a person, you start to build some of those emotional ties to one another. Um, it becomes much more difficult to, 
to hold a grudge against somebody that you genuinely like and have made a connection with. Um, the, the process of confronting a friend about an issue versus the process of confronting a stranger about an issue is very different. And I know most of us have experienced that in our lives. And when you can take the time to build that personal relationship with your customer, um, you've already established the fact that you're both on the same side. And I think later on down the road, if issues do crop up, probably they're gonna be a lot more comfortable coming to you from a place of, hey Matt, here's what's going on. I didn't really understand this. Now I'm in kind of a pickle as opposed to, you never told me, I can't believe you're such a terrible business person. I'm never gonna pay that. You know what I mean? Like the, the whole connection um, becomes entirely different, which I think it really sets the stage for what those confrontations will look like down the road if they do happen to occur. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm very confident in my process of producing photography for clients. Very confident in people coming in and feeling comfortable in the studio, or at least that I'm able to get them to be comfortable in the studio. The pricing thing, money is always something that, in my opinion, makes everybody uncomfortable. So what I try to do is prove my value through all of the service, through taking care of them. I don't shy away from the question when I'm asked. I do make sure that they understand that throughout this, you know, hey, you can buy all the photos that you want. You can put that addition on my house that I've been wanting to have, but I understand that you might also have a budget. So let's work within that, you know, and making them understand that I know what money issues are like. Yes, this is expensive. No, I'm not giving a discount. However, I will work with you. And I think it's just that that understanding that, yes, this is an investment, but this is a worthwhile investment. This really is going to mean something to you and your family down the line. Once you start showing them that value versus having a shiny new iPhone, I think they they get it, at least my clients do, and they feel more comfortable with that. But for me, the pricing issue is always the stickiest part of my entire business. So I try to take extra care to make sure that they're very, very comfortable that I'm the right fit for them. If not, I'll refer them out to photographers that are just as good, but might be at a different price point. Sure. Okay. I hope everybody has been really listening and absorbing because we have three fantastic business people giving you so much great information on what their process is like that not only prepares and educates and manages client expectations, but also builds relationships so that toward the end of the customer journey, we have happy customers and less of a chance of those confrontations over things like pricing. And I wanna kind of run through really quickly before we begin inviting members of the audience up to share some of the things that they do beforehand. I want to just kind of go through what a script might look like. If somebody wanted to start looking at their workflow and asking themselves, okay, where can I purposefully put client education in my workflow so that it becomes a seamless part of this customer experience. I know that I'm educating. I know that I'm reinforcing. I know that I'm managing expectations. So for most of us, we have an initial contact point with the customer. Let's say that that is our website. You have options there. There are two schools of thought. 
on whether you should put pricing on your website. It really depends on how you want to run your business and how you want to manage expectations. It would make no sense for me because everything I do is highly specialized, which means I may be buying parts of costumes. I may not. I may be going on location. I may not. I may be looking at commercial licensing. I may not. So I have to build a bid for somebody from the ground up. Um, I cannot just give them my day rate because some things are going to be included in that, such as costume building, that may not be um, an issue otherwise. So that doesn't make any sense for me. Um, if you're in a position that is similar, where the experience is highly customized, it may work for you not to include a price. It may work for you to include a ballpark. Most clients spend approximately this much money. Um, or you may be the kind of person who has very set packages and you can say, this is what you're looking at. Not only are you screening your clients, but that's the initial point of education. So your website should be the initial point of education, whether you're showing them what the customer experience is like, what your products look like, before and afters, beautiful imagery, whatever it is, that should be the first point of client education. Then you have your contact and however you respond to your contact. That is another point where you can include client education. Kat talked about the emails that go out and you'll want to be making sure you give people everything they need to know to make contact with you. You also have a consultation if you do those, whether that is through Zoom, like Sam is doing in person, however you do the consultation, that's another point for client education. Um, my friend Jay Mayhew, who has a really fantastic tutorial with ProEDU, one of the things that she does for her clients is she gives them a physical welcome packet. It's really beautifully made. It includes things like brochures on styling, on makeup. If you're going to have any procedures done, like if you're gonna go get a facial or a spray tan or whatever it is, manicure that someone might wanna do, it lets them know, you know, if you're going to get a facial, do it this amount of time before the session so your skin has a chance to heal, et cetera, et cetera. So really just dives into the weeds. It also gives them um, a breakdown of what the schedule looks like and what they can expect and the pricing again. So she's giving them the pricing probably three times already and then reinforces that with this physical packet that then is their first hint of the physical um, quality that they're about to receive. It's basically her way for them to take something home with them. So then you have the shoot itself and your ability to reinforce and educate during the shoot. You have, like Kat was mentioning, either a follow-up email or a follow-up text where you can reinforce what the client needs to know. Here's where you can find the pricing again. Like she said, that was so brilliant. Um, and then, of course, if you do a sales session, you have that final test so that you can make sure before you wheel out the, uh, the imagery, just want to make sure, you know, we've discussed this already, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. Um, so that is just an example of how education and reinforcement, repetition and client expectations can be managed throughout the whole process. There's obviously other things that we can do, like make that personal connection, make sure we're taking the time 
to be with the clients and be vulnerable. Um, and also, um, I just wanted to bring up before we bring up the audience. So if you have something to share, now is a great time to start raising your hands. Um, I just wanted to bring up something Wynn said about the fact that he's structured his business in such a way that if he needs to give a full refund to a client to make them happy, it is not gonna break the bank, which means he is thinking long-term about the fact that there will be times when this becomes a necessary thing in order to let somebody walk away from their experience with you happy. And of course we hope it doesn't come to that, but if it does, then you have built the business in such a way that you have assured yourself your client is going to be a happy client, even if it's at the very extremes. And that's a pretty big deal. So that is another thing that you can look at for being able to resolve those conflicts later on with your customers. If you hear me breathing hard, it's because I'm on the big hill again. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully that made sense. And now I really want to ask the audience, y'all, what are some things that we can be doing as business people to avoid having confrontations with our clients later on down the road? So please, if you have those, raise your hands. Becca's here, so you're definitely getting picked on. Becca, what do you do? I wait for Erica because I want to oh. hear what she has to say. <laughs> okay, let's have Erica. Um, hello, Miss Lady. So glad you raised your hand. I'd love to uh, hear from you. That's funny. Um, I I don't have much to add to the great things that have already been said. I think um, repeating over and over and over things that um, that are important. Um, I, um, as I've mentioned before, my clients do tend to be very busy. Um, so, uh, it, I only do a pre-booking consult, maybe 15% of the time. I mean, uh, and I think that's even high. So, um, I put a range of what my prices are and then encourage them to schedule a consultation. But if they're okay with that range, they typically don't. Um, and uh, as I've also mentioned, I, I don't think my prices are extremely high. They're certainly not low, but they're they're fair. So I feel a lot of times I've found that balance where they, okay, I see that, you know, it's this range. I'm okay with that. Rather than taking the time to schedule a consultation and get all of the details, let's just book this and go with it. Um, and then, uh, as Kat was saying, and some of the others were saying, just kind of repeating that, okay, so if you include digital files in your collection, you know, you can expect this. So I, I will, you know, touch on that at our other meetings throughout the, you know, the process where I meet in person with them for a style consult. I don't go over pricing at that time, but I do um, touch on, okay, if you want an album or if you want, you know, uh, and then refer back to the very first thing that I sent them that will tell them the range of what they can expect to pay. So it kind of falls back into their court. Like they made the choice not to schedule a consultation. Um, and they, you know, by default, they were okay with the range. So when they come to the sales session, 
um, they at least have a broad idea. Um, and it's, it, I have found that it has been pretty rare that I run into an issue. Um, and normally, you know, if there is an issue, it's because they didn't, they didn't do their part to do their due diligence. That, that's not something I say to them, but you know, I, I, um, and then the other point I wanted to make was it's always in writing. Like everything that I have is in writing someplace that they can go back to and I can go back to. Um, if the breakdown is in my court, absolutely, I will make it right. But, you know, nine times out of 10, if there is a miscommunication, it's because they they either didn't read something or something along those lines. And, um, you know, uh, all in all, I really don't run into a whole lot of problems. Right on. And I love that your decision-making process on how you do that client education really comes down to understanding your client and what they need, um, recognizing that being busy, and if you were to probably intrude yourself into their lives over and over and over again to try to repeat that client education, it might be detrimental to them just to be able to get things done. So um, really important, I think, to remember making sure that this process includes understanding who your client is because, you know, I mentioned earlier, uh, my friend Jay, um, she does very kind of high-end portraiture. She often works with, um, with uh, the wives of, let's say, um, football players or, you know, things like that. And so um, professional football players. And so there's a certain expectation for what that service is going to look like. It's expected to be very personal, very hands-on, very much holding the hand through the entire experience. What they're expecting from her is what she is giving them and that's because she understands what they want um, in order to you know in order to have the experience that she wants to provide and for us to be able to understand who our clients are what they need from us is a really great foundation for knowing how to build the rest of that experience so i'm really glad you mentioned that erica i think it's so super important um, I noticed we have, oh, I'm not going to pronounce your name right. Cecilia, can you tell me how to say your name, please? Oh, maybe she can't unmute. Okay, she might be doing something, so we'll wait. Um, in the meantime, Becca, what do you do to build those foundations so that our customers do not have conflicts later on? So. I missed most of the morning so far. I'm sorry, but um, I'm seeing a theme here about customer education. And that is really where that strength lies for me, too. Um, like I shared my embarrassing story yesterday about not very thoroughly communicating with someone, not having a very comprehensive contract or anything. Um, so that is where I really put a lot of my effort from the get-go. Um, and since I do very custom work, uh, much like you do, Nicole, where everything has to be uh, an individual project, an individual quote, uh, I want to get to know my clients a little bit. I have a lot of questions for them about what they're doing, um, you know, about what we will be doing as a team to create whatever art for them. And um, I really like to explain myself throughout every step of the process. And I do this even when I'm on set, when I'm taking photographs, like I'm explaining what I'm doing with my lights, kind of, you know, I explain where my head is at, what I'm 
wanting and desiring from the subject beyond just, you know, stand here like so. So I really want to be as communicative as possible for every step. So from initial consultation, that's asking questions about, you know, like developing a basically a brief for the project and then also explaining what the timeline looks like, what uh, fees and, you know, my rates look like, every single thing laid out in writing so that there can't be any miscommunication about that later and everyone can go back to refer to that later. Yes, 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 yes. I think the more we are communicative during the process, absolutely the better the results will be. Okay, hopefully you are able to unmute now. I don't want to say your name in case I butcher it. Cecilia, God, I hope that's right. Can you <laughs> can you share with us now? No, it seems like not ability to unmute. Cecilia? Sizzla. Thank you, Matt. Oh, I'm not sure what's wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Let, well, um, let's definitely keep Over trying. to what Sizzla has to say. Yeah, I hope she does get on. Yeah, me too. I'm going to see if I can... No, I don't even have the opportunity to ask her to unmute, so it, I don't know if it's stuck or what is happening. We really want to hear from you, Cicela. I hope we're able to get it to work. Um, whenever it does, just unmute yourself and go, and I will shut up, okay? Um, but I, I really wanted to touch on something that you mentioned, Becca, that, um, you know, during this process, being communicative the whole time, and when we're talking about client expectations and the fact that as businesses, we literally only exist to provide value. I think there is, um, there is a, a rule that I have for myself is if I have to say no to my client, it's a no, but right. Um, I want to be able to provide that value. And if there's something that they're asking for that I cannot do, I always try to amend that with something that can be done either in its place or that makes some kind of compromise so that they're still getting closer to the thing that they want. And um, there is also another thing that if they're asking for something, it's a yes and. So um, I know there are a lot of photographers and we had this conversation early in this room. It's been a while. There are a lot of photographers who are very hesitant to give raw files or unretouched JPEG files to people who are asking for them. I do not have this issue. I want your money. So if somebody contacts me and they're like, and can I also get these files? I actually had a, um, a customer who I did 10 images for him, retouched them. And then he asked me if he could get additional images without the retouching. He wanted to have a go at them himself. I have no problem with this. Um, give me your money. You're a happy customer. Now I have your money. So, <laughs> Um, you know, I just let them know, yeah, that's absolutely a possibility, but it will cost you this, this much more because now I lose creative control over the final output. So I need to be compensated for that. So um, keeping in mind another way we can try to manage whether or not conflict happens. If a client is asking for something, we can say no, but 
this is what I can do for you. I can, I cannot lower the price, but I can offer you a payment plan. I can't give you the raw files, but I can give you a quickly um, batch edited JPEG or, you know, whatever. See where you can find those no but if you have to say no. And when it comes to a yes, you can always include a yes and. Yes, I can give you this and it's going to cost this much. Yes, I can do this for you and this is the changes that it will have to make. If you can do that, it really goes a long way towards showing the client that you exist to do good things for them and for them to be happy with what they get from you. Um, and uh, if when it comes to the question of raw files, ultimately, if I can make you happy and make more money for less work, that's the road I'm going down. So just something to consider. So Cicela, do we have you yet? You do. Oh my God, I'm sorry. Yes! I was driving. <laughs> Hi guys. Um, so I have probably missed a bunch of what you guys said. So forgive me if I am repeating anything. Um, but basically what I tend to do to avoid conflict is um, be of service and be compassionate and listen. Um, I think as photographers, we have a lot of pride in our work and, oh no, this client doesn't like what we're doing or, oh no, they want something changed, God forbid. Um, but honestly, I think if you come from a point of service, if you have a conversation, <laughs> very simple, if you try to put yourself in your client's shoes, just and especially if you drill in your pricing where you say hey this is what you you can expect to spend some people spend less some people spend more and that's okay i'm expensive i know that um just be open about it um and as long as you play with open cards people are gonna play open with you as well Yes, I love that. Let's always make sure that we are not removing that aspect. I mean, of course, we've talked about, you know, building frameworks and those things can be relatively impersonal. But I love that you're reminding us that these are people. And if you talk to them and learn about them and approach them with empathy, the results are always going to be better than they would have been otherwise. So I'm, I'm so glad you got the chance to share that. Um, as we near the end, I want to make sure we have time to hear from Joshua, and then we'll try to wrap all of this up in a neat little bow so that we have a really good picture of these steps that we can take in the beginning and during the process to avoid confrontations with our clients later on. So Joshua, would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for uh, giving me an opportunity to come up and speak. Um, I, I haven't been in the room very long, but I, I caught uh, towards the end, which basically sounded like a conversation about negotiation in a way that you can keep your clients happy. And I think that one of the most important uh, pieces of advice that has ever been shared with me was, with, was from my father years ago. And that was that when you're negotiating, um, it's always a matter of price versus terms. If they are trying to change your terms, then you change the price. And if they're trying to change the price, then you adjust the terms. The, the danger 
that that occurs when and I think why so many people are scared to negotiate and are, and are not able to do it successfully is that when somebody comes back to them with a price objection, they just work on fixing the price, um, you know, which is basically just giving a discount uh, versus negotiating a different term which can allow your client to get what they ultimately want. And a lot of times can allow you to come out even further ahead when it comes to your bottom line. Ooh, that was so, so good. Um, say it again for the people in the back. And if you, do you have any fantastic examples that you might be able to give folks so that they can see how that might apply to their business? Yeah, sure. So say, for example, uh, you know, one of your packages uh, is $1,000 uh, for, for five hours, just to make it easy, right? So that's $200 an hour. And somebody says, well, you know, unfortunately, my, my budget is only, you know, $800. Well, unfortunately, you know, we don't have a package that, that covers that, but we could remove two hours of coverage and we could get to your budget of $800. And so now I'm basically cutting out $400 worth of my labor, my time, for a $200 discount. So I'm actually coming out ahead. They're getting, you know, the budget that they need and I'm actually getting more of my time back in that scenario because they really want to work with me. Yeah, fantastic. So that is exactly what the heart of what I was getting at when I talked about the no but and the yes and answers um, because we want our clients to know that we're here for them and we want to be able to work with them. Sorry, I'm walking through the dead leaves. Um, trying to avoid them and like hop and skip around and it really messes with my concentration so um i love the putting it in those simple terms of if they want to negotiate on price we can change the terms if they want to negotiate on terms we can alter the price that is exactly 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 what i was talking about and to keep in mind um you know you have ultimate flexibility there and so it really does require you to know your process inside and out and to know where your time is spent and what your time costs. And if you have not done um, the foundational groundwork for your business that way, so that you know for every hour I work, that doesn't just mean working with a client, that means creating marketing materials, that means answering emails, that means you know the entire thing, keeping the books. Anytime you are on the clock for your business, your business needs to be making this much money you really do need to understand that if you're going to be negotiating terms with someone so that you know the difference that you are creating for yourself um, in price and time so make sure that you have that kind of foundational knowledge but i i mean that's so so important joshua and i'm really really glad that you brought that up i hope people write that down so all right y'all we are about six minutes from the time we want to close oh Becca, was that a, uh, was that you? Yeah, just a, just a continuation of that thought real quick. And and uh, sorry, my brain doesn't work. You guys know this. Um, but essentially, like in that communication process and continuing those, you know, no buts and yes ands and uh, negotiations. Um, but even from the beginning, I think a really important thing to remember here is to give kind of a next step, like a next action to your clients in those communications. So there's no just dead stop when you are communicating and having those kind of conversations. So again, that everything is very, very clear. So making sure you're really laying out that roadmap. Like if someone says, um, you know, can you shoot a portrait of me and my husband? Yes, is not a good answer. Yes, and again, as you explained. So I just think thinking of it as 
showing them what the next action is can be a good uh, way of looking at as well. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. And making sure that you're asking for that continued conversation. Um, you know, let me know what you think about this, or if you're ready to move forward, I can do this. Or, I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways that you can ask them to continue to engage so that it, it doesn't end up just at a full stop. Um, really, really important to remember. So yeah, here we are guys toward the end of the hour. I wanna make sure we have some time for final thoughts. Now we've had the chance to hear one another, to listen to what each other's processes sound like and the kinds of things that other business owners are building into their process to make sure that we're accounting for conflict or um, confrontation down the road. We know that we can do all of these great things to make our clients happy. So what are final thoughts from folks who are up on the panel today as it relates to the topic? I think one of the things that is most important to me in, in all of this conflict and confrontation is self-assuredness and confidence in what you've built. If it's easy for you to relay what it is that you do as a business, then getting into any of these conversations really shouldn't be that hard because all you're doing is explaining more about your business. If you feel weak in an area, you don't feel good about pricing or you don't feel good about your products, work on that. Build that confidence up because when you have that internal self-confidence and you know your business inside and out, then it's very, very easy for you to find those solutions, those yes ands, and give people even better service. But if you're always on your heels and always defensive or not sure what it is that you can do for them, then that's always going to put you in a, in a deficient position. So just make sure that, you know, you're very, very confident in what it is that you're providing and then lead with service and you'll avoid 99% of the conflicts and confrontations. So good. So, so good. Anybody else have any other final thoughts? I think there's there's two things that generally uh, prevent people from having a oh, from you dropped having, off for us there. Sorry. There you go. I think there, there's two things that prevent us from having successful negotiations, especially in the um, artistic worlds. And that first number one is absolutely ego, and number two is often. Um, forcing ourselves to turn a blind eye to the business side um, of what we do and realizing that regardless of whether you believe you're creating art or you're, or you're providing a service to, to customers, that you have to know your business and you have, to, um, you have to know your business inside and out in order to be comfortable enough to be successful in negotiations. And the ego prevents us from getting to successful negotiations because it straight up prevents us from understanding that that other people value different things in different ways and that we can make them happy and also serve ourselves at the same time. And it's not just, well, I said this is worth $10,000, so it's worth $10,000, short of you know you just being a sculptor where people just happen to buy your pieces that they find in you know, museums or in art exhibits or, and whatnot. So, um, so we have to get out of our own ways, let our ego get cleared out and, um, and make sure that we actually know our uh, our numbers and our business inside and out so we can be comfortable with those opportunities. And again, come out ahead in those situations rather than saying, these are my prices. I don't negotiate. Uh, I think so many people leave so much opportunity on the table and so much money on the table because they're scared to 
truly learn their business and be willing to negotiate and make and and get everybody to a great point themselves and their their clients. I agree with you so much and absolutely. Um, and and I love the fact that we've we've tied so many things into this conversation from our own personal confidence, understanding our business and what we've built, understanding that, you know, whether or not we believe, which I, I love the fact that you said that, Josh, when I've mentioned this before, um, whether or not you believe you're creating an art or you're supplying goods and services, whether whichever of those things you're doing, you still exist to provide value. That art gives value to somebody's life. The service that you offer gives value to somebody's life. And um, taking some of the ego out of that equation really is going to make a huge difference. And I know oftentimes when photographers are leaving money on the table, when it comes to things like allowing clients access to raw files or unretouched files, a lot of times it is exactly what Matt mentioned as well. It's, it's that fear. It's the, oh, what happens if somebody sees it? You mean what happens if somebody hears about a client who just is really effing thrilled with the service that they got from you, that you cared about what they had to say and you wanted to meet their needs? I mean, that's a pretty big deal. So there's a lot that goes into making sure that we understand and have confidence in our ability to produce in the business that we've built and the value that that adds to somebody's life. Um, and making decisions from that place of service, like you said, Matt, is really, really never going to lead us down the wrong path. So um, today, fantastic conversation, y'all. This has been such a good one. So many great insights into the way that we can build our businesses, structure our client journey, um, do all of these things, keeping in mind that not only is it going to help us avoid those confrontations and uh, conflicts that we may have with our customers down the road, but it also helps us create the kind of customer who is really going to become an advocate for our business later on because we've built an experience that they're happy with. We've proved to them that we care about serving them and solving their problems and making the, making sure that they walk away absolutely thrilled with what they've gotten. And those are the kind of clients who refer people, who can explain the experience to other people in a way that makes it accessible to them. It just becomes a win all the way around. And of course, the result is less likely to have confrontations or conflicts with the client. When we educate them, we manage those expectations, and then we repeat that process several times throughout the journey so that everything is always clear and understandable and driven by value. So thank you to everybody who was here today and participated in this conversation. Um, so much good stuff. I hope people were paying attention. If you want to hear more of this, head up to the top. We have the Facebook group that you can come and join. Also, I have turned on replays, which means if you head to the Artist Forge, the club, or even if you just run to my page, um, or the, I, I'm not sure if it shows up that way for the other moderators, but because I'm the creator, it might, if you, if you go to my page on Clubhouse and scroll to the bottom, you will be able to see for the previous two days, I have turned replays on. So access to all of our talks is there. Um, it's a pretty cool feature. You can even use the skip ahead button. Like if you always love hearing what Matt has to say, you could actually skip in that conversation to when he's speaking so that you can, you know, get great advice from him. So 
it's it's a pretty cool feature. I would encourage you guys to go check it out. Um, if you are not already members of the club, come on and join us. Let folks know that we're here. We are here five days a week, guys, for an hour every morning, just providing as much value as we can to try to bolster and build up the artistic community. We really want to provide a bridge between the theory and the practice of art and being the kind of people who create art. So we are that bridge between technique and art. And in between is a whole lot of space that doesn't always get covered in online education for the art community. So we love having you guys here. Um, hope we provided some value for you this morning and we hope you will join us tonight in the Facebook group. We are going live with the moderators. We are going to talk a little bit about the conversation this week, break some things down. We're also going to do some review of imagery that has been shared in the group, do some breakdowns there. So we are continuing on in that search for be better visual literacy as artists. Um, so we hope you'll come and hang out with us, you guys being there and chatting with us and sharing your thoughts. Uh, is the whole joy of the process. So hopefully you'll join us for that. And in the meantime, go make something amazing. We'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's six for the West Coast and nine for the East Coast. Have a great day, guys. Thanks again for listening to this live Clubhouse discussion moderated by all of us at the Artist Forge. We hope you found the information useful and that it helps you gain a little bit of insight as to how you work on your craft. For more episodes, please join us each weekday on Clubhouse or visit theartistforge.com. Now go make something incredible.